Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a Connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, good morning, church. Good to be here. You excited? Yes, we made it to Run to Stop It weekend. Uh, for those of you that are guests, we're really, really glad that you're here. Run to Stop It is a big part of our house. And uh, throughout the year, we'll bring people in to just speak and, and talk about what's going on. But we've, for the past 12 plus years, been raising awareness and, and a lot of money uh, to abolish human trafficking. And so that's the culmination of this weekend. Many of you were at the marathon yesterday. Uh, you ran, you uh, handed out water, you, you were a cheerleader. I was in that group. Um, it, it was a really, really just cool morning, and, I, and it was, the weather was perfect. I'm not much of a runner, but I hear the weather was like perfect for running. So just a, a, a big thank you to everybody that played a part. Many of you also bought merch and, and uh, just have, have given or planned to give towards our goal, and uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, it's a huge part of, of our house because it's a huge part of our senior pastor's heart. And uh, there's not many weekends that, that he would miss, and I know that it may seem a little odd, but there's a reason that he's not here today. It was a pretty cool um, thing that happened a few months ago. Exodus Cry actually reached out to him and said that they had a big gala coming up. It was last night, and they were giving out their first, uh, their inaugural uh, angel award, which was something that they wanted to, to create and give to somebody that had faithfully partnered with um, this just... Uh, abolition of, of human trafficking and faithful generosity. And so our senior pastor actually received that award last night. And uh, I tell you, because uh, he's probably watching and I have the microphone and I can, but uh, he probably wouldn't tell you that. It's not something that he would ever uh, actively seek out an accolade or award. But I, I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty awesome when, when honor is given to those whom honor is due. Amen. And I believe that God honors honor. And so... Uh, Shout him out. It's really exciting. We, uh, we are in Mind Monsters, uh, the series. The last few weeks we've been going through Mind Monsters. And many of you are in connect groups. You're meeting throughout the week. And we continue to hear just stories of things that God's bringing to people's minds and areas and things that he's, he's messing with. He's transforming. And it's really exciting to be able to be a part of that today. We're going to continue that today. Pastor Philip will be back next weekend and we'll finish it up. But uh, let's jump into our key text, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. It says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I love that last part in verse 5 because scripture is it's, it's there for a reason. And, and the fact that it says we take captive every thought means that we actually have the ability to take captive every thought. I don't know about you, but that, that, that just brings kind of this peace and rest and, and just knowing to my soul that, hey, it's possible for us to live this life and to, to take captive every thought. Philippians 4.8 says this. It says... Finally, brothers and sisters, 
whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We learned a little bit about the P48 filter last week. We're going to talk about it a little bit more today. The ancient proverb says that if you can, um, as, you, as you think about your thoughts, so goes your life. As your, as your thoughts go, so your life goes. So essentially, you could um, roadmap your life as you, as you put your thoughts out, as you, as you formulate. So the, the good news for us is if we can transform our thoughts, we can thus transform our life. And the even better news is that God actually wants to help us do that. Amen. He wants to transform our life, our, our minds, and uh, by, by God's grace, we're going to walk out of here differently this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, first and foremost, for your presence. We thank you that you're here in this place. Thank you that your spirit is alive and it's moving. We thank you that your word is alive and active. And so today, even as we read your word, Lord God, we thank you that it washes over us. We thank you that this message today will go forth and it will do exactly what it needs to do. I thank you for each of the hearts that will listen, each of the ears and the eyes. I, got, I pray, Father God, that you would open our eyes and open our ears to the things that you would have us to hear and the things that you would show us. And with faith in our hearts, we're going to leave here differently with an expectation knowing that you're good and you're faithful and you continue to make a way, you continue to go before us. And so today we thank you. We also thank you, God, for all the things that are, have, have been done both in the past and even this weekend and the things that will be done in the future around Run to Stop It. We thank you for the lives that have literally been saved and restored and redeemed. And we just pray and continue to believe that more, we will continue to touch more, more lives, both here in Kansas City and around the world. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Have you ever heard somebody say something that was just outlandish and you're like, where did you hear that? Like, who told you that? You got some bad information. Like, maybe something like, man, marriage is easy. Like, who told you that? You've been married for like two minutes? Like, like or raising kids, you know, like, raising kids is easy. It's like, no, raising kids is hard, but it's worth it, right? Marriage is, is hard, but it's worth it. And, and um, we see in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, he's, he's given one of his most iconic sermons. It's the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you're familiar with it. Matthew chapter 5. He, he begins to, with the Beatitudes. And then he goes into talking about how as followers of Jesus, we're called to be salt. We're called to be light. And he talks about if the salt loses its flavor, what's salt good for? And, and then he talks about he, is, he has come to, to fulfill the law. Right? And then he, then he goes into some specific things. He starts talking about oaths and talking about eye for an eye and murder and some of these different things. And he makes this profound statement. He goes, you have heard that it was said, but I tell you. How I many of you know there's times in our life when we have heard that it was said, but then God has something else to say about it. I think all of us could, can relate to that on some level. Today we're talking about we, we've, we've rejected and we've recognized mind monsters, but today we're going to replace the mind monsters. Today we're going we're gonna to talk about replacing an old way of thinking, old, former ways of thinking, and replace it with, with a higher way of thinking, God's way of thinking. Amen? And again, by, by God's grace, we're going to be able to walk out of here differently because he's spoken to us clearly. So I was thinking about this message, I've been reading this book, uh, Mind Shift by Erwin McManus. He's a pastor and uh, many of you might remember the name because we went through a series called The Last Arrow. And he recalls this story of, of being at a conference that he was at. He was speaking at this conference, this leadership conference. And he remembers before he was going up to speak, there was somebody else that was, was up there being interviewed. And it was actually somebody that he had kind of watched from afar, somebody that actually had played a part in 
the development of his own just kind of philosophical leadership and some of the ways that he, he was thinking. And, and so as he was preparing his own kind of thoughts, he was also just listening. And, and this person was asked the question, if you could give just a, a metaphor to these young leaders in the room, what would it be? And, and he said, he goes, never be the first to eat the mushrooms. And of course, naturally, that kind of caught Irwin's mind and his attention. And he would go on to, to talk about the fact that indigenous people, would, they would forage and, and look for mushrooms because it was a source of nutrients. And, and so, uh, as it were, though, they, they found out that, that all mushrooms are not created equal. And, and some mushrooms, although they looked very similar, they actually produced different things. They, they, some were life-giving and some were lethal. And as Irwin was, was processing and thinking, there was like this inner kind of tension that was happening and going through. And he, he, he had prepared things, but um, he, he got up there and the interviewer asked him, Irwin, what, is, there, is there any one thing that, that you would tell this audience, this, this group? And in a moment, he just said, I'm a mushroom eater. <laughs> And what he was saying was essentially that, that for him, he lived in that place where he knew that, that if he didn't step out, if he didn't, if he didn't go first, there was a chance that everyone else would die. If somebody didn't step out and eat the mushrooms first, then, then everyone else would die. And, and, and the reality is, is that for some of us, that's maybe where, where we are. That's where we, we've been kind of just waiting for someone else to do it. But by God's grace and through wisdom, we're able to see and determine, hey, is this life-giving or is this lethal? And, and we're going to step into that which is life-giving. We're going to be the ones that lead. We're going to be the ones that step out first. Sometimes we have to replace an old way of thinking with a higher way of thinking, God's way of thinking. Amen. Today, as we replace mind monsters, these ideas, these concepts, these philosophies that, that we've all picked up along the way that need to be replaced. We realize that God will help us. We, re, we read that. We see that in scripture that, that we can take control of our mind through his help. God is both ready and wants to help free us from thoughts of, of worry and fear and, 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 and anxiety and lust and all of these things that any of us are susceptible to at any given moment. One of the most difficult issues that we will face in our life and in our minds is temptation. Every single day, temptation comes knocking. And temptation, I want you to know, it comes in, in many different forms. It can come in very small forms, it can come in very large forms. And I think sometimes we, we just automatically think, oh, temptation is, is, is lust or temptation is, is, you know, something in that kind of sphere of life. But the reality is, is that we can be tempted in, in all kinds of things. We can be tempted by what someone else has. We could be tempted by what, what, uh, what, what we're seeing on social media and the reality of what other people are experiencing and we're not experiencing. These are, these are real temptations that we all are susceptible to and can be susceptible to. But what I love is that Paul, he actually has something to say about temptation. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he writes very clearly that no temptation has ever overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. How I many know that's good news? Like, like no matter what temptation you may find yourself in, no matter how big it may be, no matter how overwhelming it feels, Scripture has a clear word that no temptation is beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's how good God is. He's the way maker. He's the one that provides a way out. 
And so when you're in that temptation, there's always a way out. Just know that. Be reminded of that today. Mind monsters will come. They will knock on the door of your mind. It's your choice as whether or not you will let them in. And today God wants to help us replace those mind monsters. We've got we've to fill our mind. We've got to fill our mind with the right things. I was thinking about uh, a mind and just how it's like, it's like a pitcher of water. It's like you can fill that mind. You can fill that mind with, with pure water or you can fill that mind with, with maybe some, some diluted water. Maybe just, you know, I, I always remember my dad telling me this story about, you know, your life can be uh, like, what are, you, what are you drinking from? What, what well are you drinking from? If I, could, if I told you that you could drink from a, from a faucet that was always producing clean water, but then there was another faucet that was, it was mostly clean, but every now and again it would just, you know, spit out a little bit of mud, spit out a little debris. Like, are you, are you good with that? Like, well, of course not. But I think that that's in the same way, it's the same analogy with our minds. Are we filling our minds with good things? Are we, we filling our minds with mostly good things, but every now and then we allow some things to get in there? Today, we are looking at filling our mind, that P48 filter. If you remember last week, if this is new to you this week, it's, it's that filter, it's that screen of, of Philippians 4.8. Uh, is, it, is it true? Is this thought true? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it admirable? Is it, is it excellent or is it praiseworthy? These are the things that we're to think about. And so this filter allows you, as thoughts come in, as negative thoughts come in, as things that, that aren't aligning to these words come in, we're able to just say, nope, that's not for me. We qualify the thought before we engage it. The faith acronym that, that we went through a couple weeks ago, back to focusing on the positive, affirming yourself, imagining God doing something good on your behalf, trusting God in every situation, hoping, being convinced for the best, leaning in to that. They start, they've done some recent studies about life expectancy and and of course, one of the, the contributing factors that has always been kind of in the top is, is physical health and just maintaining, you know, movement and, and continuing to do that. But one of the things that they've found that actually has kind of leaped to the top as they've talked to these 80, 90-year-old people is that positivity is actually one of the contributing factors to their longevity. Just a positive outlook, just a belief of like, hey, yeah, I'm 88, but man, I'm still alive. Having a positive outlook is, is something that, again, God wants us to, to have. We've heard the concept that healthy things grow. And it's true, healthy things do grow. But you know what else grows? Weeds. Weeds grow too. And so you, you start thinking about, okay, healthy things grow. What, what does it take to, what does it take to um, produce health? And you start thinking about, well, you've got you to give them the right, the right food and you've got to give it the right nutrients. It's got to have the right environment. So what do you want if something needs to die? You starve it. You starve it of those same things. And so what in your life, what are the thoughts in your life that, that need to die? What are the thoughts that have continued to, to kind of run through your mind and have become maybe so ingrained, but they actually need to, they need to die? You need to starve them. You need to begin to starve them. Begin taking audit, inventory, establish that border patrol that was talked about last week, a border patrol around your mind. That framework, that fence that's like, nope, there's, this isn't coming in. It's like you would not allow the garbage man to, to roll up to your house, knock on the front door and say, hey, I've got some stuff to unload in your living room. Think about your mind in the same way. The garbage, the things that the enemy wants to fill your mind with, to, 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 to place in your mind the same way you're saying, no, I'm, I'm giving that, that to Heisman. I'm not, no, it's not coming in here. 
It's not, it's not coming in into my mind because that's not for me. That's not what God has for me. Amen. That P48 filter. I like the uh, analogy that uh, Kevin Gerald uses in his book. He, he talks about your mind being like a parking lot. Parking lots have spaces. Some of your guys' parking lots are bigger than others. But, but you think about the, the parking lot of your mind. What are you allowing? Some of you just got that. That's great. Uh, um, what are you allowing to park in your mind? What are those spots being occupied in your mind? Is it fear? Is it worry? Is it, is it, is it anxiety? Is it temptation? Is it, is it insecurity? These are things that can easily find real estate and, and park themselves in, in the, the parking lot of our mind. One of the, one, if you've been around for any time at all, you, you've been able to, to sit under the teaching of Bob and Audrey Meisner. And to know them is to love them. They're both uh, amazing people and both very, very unique in their own way. Audrey Meisner is one of the most confident uh, people I've ever been around. Um, she is a big personality. And um, again, it, 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 she is who it, she is. And I, I, I appreciate that about her. But one of the things she, she told me, I said, I, I said Audrey, how, how are you so just, like, you just don't care. And she's like, you're right. I don't. Because I just know who I am. And this is how God's created me. She goes, I, I, I go, so, so like, give me like a practical example. She's like, well, you know, like if you ever go into a room of people and, and maybe you start thinking, like, what are these people thinking about me? Do they think I'm stupid? Do they, do they like me? You know, all these different things. She's like, I just have found that I just assume everyone loves me. And I'm like, well, that's one way to do it. And she lives that way. What I found, though, what, what I found is, is that the truth is, is that, you know, we, we've all probably been in that place where there's insecurity. We're thinking maybe, maybe even, you know, setting like this or in a small group or in your workplace or wherever. And you roll in and you're thinking these thoughts. Do they like me? Do they, do they want me to be here? You know, all these different things. And what I found is that, that most people, they could care less. You're not that big a deal. <laughs> and, and most people actually are having those same thoughts about themselves. And what, what happens if all of a sudden we're able to, to have our mind transformed and, and be confident in, in exactly who God has created us to be? There's something to be said about somebody that exudes that confidence, that confidence that's found ultimately in Jesus. Knowing exactly who they have been called and created to be. Erwin says in, in his book, Mind Shift, he says, if your identity and self-worth are, are shaped more by what others think of you than by internal measures... You will live at the mercy of the opinion of others and never know your true self. You'll never know the person that God has ultimately wired you and created you to be. Today it's not enough to simply recognize and reject. We've got to replace the mind monsters in our life. And I want to get really, really practical here just for the next few moments that we have together. Because there's, there's so many ways for us to be able to fill our mind with the things that God has for us. There's so many ways. We look at simple things like Bible reading and worship music and memorizing scripture and, and we look at, at things like prayer and I, I, it's come across um, my, my radar now a, a handful of times so it's like pro God's probably trying to do something specifically. But how many of you are familiar with this 100 hour rule? You've heard about the 100 hour rule. Um, essentially this, this uh, principle is if you will commit 100 hours over the course of a year to any given 
discipline, um, what, what happens is that it thrusts you into the top 5% of, of that particular group, that, that particular discipline. So say it's, it's playing the piano, say it's, um, you know, uh, memorizing something, writing, maybe for some of you it's like just writing. And what happens is that 100 hours can feel daunting until you realize that it's actually 18 minutes a day. So if you break it across uh, 365 days, it's, it's only 18 minutes. And I'm thinking, man, what, what an incredible thing. If I, if just, let's just get real practical with like Bible reading. There's like these statistics, and I know it's not for this church, but, but for other people, uh, it's, it's the, the statistics of Christians, like how most Christians are only reading their Bible like when it's on a screen at church. It's like, man, what, that just can't be. Like God has so much that he wants to pour out. There's so much that he wants to, to do and say. And I'm, I'm just wondering, maybe for some people, just getting really, really intentional and saying, you know what, um, as I do an inventory, because um, I don't know if you've looked, it's kind of terrifying, but there's this thing on your iPhone, or I assume it is on Android as well, I, I don't know, but, but like it gives you a breakdown of how much time you spend on any given app. And I'm not p publicly willing to admit how much time I spend on, on some of the apps. But I can tell you it's more than 18 minutes. And I, I just wonder, man, what, what if for some people, it's like, you know, God hasn't really been speaking to me. God hasn't really been, you know, I, I haven't really feel like, he's, it's like, well, have you been talking to him? Have you been getting in his word? Have you, because he's always got something to say. He always, he always wants to speak to us. But, but are you actually putting yourself, posturing yourself in a position to hear from him? And I just wonder, man, for some people, what, what, if, what if it was like that was the thing that you just start to commit to? It's like, hey, and for some of you, you 18 minutes is like nothing. Like you're, you're spending so much time. That's amazing. But for some, just stepping into that, stepping into, into, into getting into God's word and, and committing to some time in prayer and, and just seeing what God might do. Worship music, I, I talk about that a lot. Worship music, it sets the atmosphere. I, 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 love, I love putting worship music on in our house. I love putting worship music on in, in the car at times. It just, it does something. It, it stirs my spirit. It, it changes and it transforms an atmosphere. Memorizing scripture. I know that all of us are capable of memorizing something. Songs you hear. Some of you, you, you know every single word to every single Taylor Swift song. And I am judging you for that. You know, how you, you know how you memorize something? Repetition. Repetition is the father of learning. You want to memorize some scripture? Hey, start reading some scripture and just keep, keep reading it over and over again. It's going to get inside of you. You're going to be able to remember it. You're going to be able to recall that. Prayer. Prayer, what a, what a great way. I, I love it. memorizing scripture. One of the things that we see in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 8, I've, I've got to say this. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. This is actually the, the, the phylacteries, what they did was they would tie things around their foreheads and tie things to their, to their hands because it was the scripture. They wanted, they wanted to be constantly reminded. Now, I'm not telling you to do that, but you know what else? I don't have it on me, but you know what else is often tied to your hand? Your phone. And, and so what I've actually started doing is, is I've, set, I've started setting alarms. I've set, started setting reminders for all of these different things that, that, I, that I need to do because I am a forgetful person. And so if I, if I don't be intentional about some things, then, then I'll forget. And so what I've started to do is like, hey, every, every day I'm, I'm praying for my wife and my kids. I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for this city. I'm praying for, for different things. And, and I've started to develop the rhythm and the discipline, but it didn't just happen. It took some intentionality. I had to set some reminders. And so, so maybe that's a practical thing for you. 
to begin to, to set those reminders on your phone. Maybe, maybe every day uh, at a certain time or uh, something that's going to pop up. Just don't turn the notifications off. Getting into, into these things will help fill our mind. I, I love this that we see in, again, in, in Mind Monsters, the book. Uh, Kevin Gerald goes through the Lord's Prayer. Many of you are familiar with it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And, and, he, and he gives this super practical breakdown of, of, of how you can just begin to pray. I've, I've talked to so many people that sometimes they, they struggle with prayer. They're like, I just don't know where to start. I don't know what it looks like. And, and of course, you know, my, my initial thing is like, man, just begin to have conversation with God. Just begin to talk to him. Talk, talk to him. That's how you develop intimacy with anyone. You, you talk to them. You get to know them. You, you begin to, to posture yourself to both, both listen and to be able to share and to receive. And, and so, and so we, we look at these five Ps, the five Ps of, of going through the Lord's Prayer. The first one is you begin with praise. I, I think that's always a great place to start with God. Hey, God, thank you so much for who you are. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're worthy. You're so good. We begin by directing our words to God. We praise him for who he is, what he's done in our life, what he can do, what he's capable of doing. We praise him for, for who he is. We see in Exodus 3, Moses, he was, he was uncertain, he was timid, he was, he was afraid to go. And, and God says, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell him that I am who I am has sent you. He didn't say, hey, hey, Moses, tell him that you are who you are. No, no, no. He said, hey, Moses, tell him that I am who I am. I am has sent you. He established himself. He established his authority. That he is both uh, uh, the noun and the verb. Anything and everything we could ever think, need, imagine, or ask is found in him. Amen? We approach him with gratitude. We approach him with thanksgiving. We approach him with, with awe and reverence. We continue to, to go on. We pray God's plan. God's plan. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of my, one of my favorite just reiterations of this, God, let your will be done in Kansas City as it's being done in heaven. Let it be done in Platte City. Let it be done in Gladstone. Let it be done in this community as it's being done in heaven. Make it personal. Pray that God will accomplish his purposes in the, in the various people in your world. Pray for your family, pray for your church, pray, pray for your friends, pray for your, for your neighbors. Some of, some of our neighbors really need prayer. I'm speaking as, a, as someone who's heard that, not from experience, not from experience to any neighbors watching. Pray for government leaders. Pray, pray for local, regional, national. Pray, pray, pray for your own life. Pray that the plans and purposes that God's created you for would, would come to fruition. Pray God's plan. Pray God's provision. Provision, it's, it's a big one. Give us this day our daily bread. How many of you are grateful, whether you recognize it or not, acknowledge it or not, you woke up to brand new mercies this morning. Every single morning God provides a, the daily bread, the new mercies that we need. Proverbs says to come with boldness, come with expectation. Bring your request to God. We, we must see him as provider. Where do you need God's help? Where do you need his resources? Where do you need uh, his resources maybe in the small things in your life? Where do you need the resources in the big things of your life? Where do you need uh, favor? Where do you need opportunities? Where do you need the right door to be open for you? Pray for that. Pray and believe that God will open those doors for you. Pray that he'll close the ones that need to be closed. The right people. This is one of my favorite prayers. God, continue to bring the right people around me. 
the, the right people are going to help set the right environment, the right atmosphere. They're going to bring the right word at the right time. Pray God's provision. Pray, pray for purification. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We're human. We need forgiveness. If you're, if you're married, you need forgiveness. Every day, week, month. It's part, of, it's part of this thing. We need to, to be able to forgive and, and forgive ourselves. We need to be able to, to, to pray and, and believe. I've found in my life that unforgiveness is one of those things that, that is, is, so, is so dangerous. Because unforgiveness will lead to things like bitterness and resentment. One of the best pictures that I saw of resentment was like, resentment is like wet cement around your heart. Wet cement, you're able to get it out of there. If it's still wet, you're able to get it out of there quick. But if it hardens, it takes a whole different type of procedure to, to, get, that, to get that chipped off, to, to jackhammer that off your heart. And if, if, if your heart gets hardened, man, it, it, everything changes. You become calloused. You become hardened. You, 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 the P48 filter is not even, it's not even on the radar. You've got to pray and continue to give God uh, who we are. Pray for forgiveness and keep a soft heart. We can't allow the parking lot of our mind any places to, to park bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. And then we pray the protection of God. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray for direction. We pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And then finally, finally we, we return to praise. You, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's a, that's a really simple but really profound and powerful way to just begin to pray through the Lord's Prayer. Just giving you some really practical ways to, to begin to open up God's Word, open up the, 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 the Lord's Prayer and begin to pray in that way. I, I promise you, you will begin to fill your mind with God's thoughts, His views, His perspectives. You'll begin to see transforma transformation, which, I, which again is, is the goal here. Amen. Begin to look more and more like Jesus. Today, we, uh, one other aspect we need more and more in life of is, is wisdom. It's wisdom. I need wisdom in, in, in my, my marriage. I need wisdom as a father. I need wisdom as a friend. I need wisdom as a pastor. I need wisdom. And, and I am not going too far out on the limb to, to believe that whatever uh, sphere of life you're in, you also need wisdom. You need it. The Bible has a lot to say about it. Proverbs 1 through 4, if you haven't read that recently, I'd encourage you to just go dive in. There's a lot to be said about wisdom. Wisdom can be found. That's the good news. It, it can be found. It's not hiding. It's like, it's like calling out on the street corner. But we have, to, we have to go get it. And there's a reward of wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 12 says, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. Your wisdom will reward you. As believers today, we need wisdom more than ever. I love the differentiation between wisdom and education. I believe education is important. I believe that education is, is a part of life. Hopefully we're, we're students of life and, and, and we're, we're constantly maybe getting education and, and knowledge and filling, filling our, our just uh, ability to think and, and learn. But I, but I think that, that wisdom actually is, is like the accelerant to education. Uh, put it like this, different, the difference between education and wisdom, education is the process of acquiring knowledge, skills, maybe even through formal means, while wisdom is a deeper understanding that goes beyond knowledge, encompassing insight, judgment, ability to navigate life's challenges with a broader perspective. 
Education can contribute to wisdom, but they are not synonymous. And wisdom is often seen as a product of both education and life experiences. You see, see, we need we need wisdom because we need sometimes to be able to discern the things that are in front of us. Because sometimes there's 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 right and wrong, but then there's just sometimes it's not necessarily wrong. It's just not what God has for you. And so we need wisdom in order to deciphered in order to, it's like the antidote to being able to determine in these moments, in these points of tension at times. We need wisdom. I, I equate it to wisdom is to, is to education as a seasoned chef is to a cookbook. I like to eat, so I thought that was appropriate. It's like I could go and take a recipe and I could do some things with it, just follow the recipe, or I could give it to my favorite chef, Gordon Ramsay, and he could do something even better and 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 crazier and, and more tasteful than I could ever think or imagine. Why? Because he's had both the education and he's had the experience. We need, we need wisdom. We need wisdom in, in our day-to-day. -day. It says that wisdom was the craftsman of the universe. In Jeremiah 10, verse 12, it says, God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. I don't know about you, but 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 I, I think we're, we're finding that wisdom, it, it, it's, it's more valuable than silver. It's, it's something that we have to desire. It's something that we have to go and find. It is something that we have to acquire. And God is so adequately able to supply. Amen? God wants us to give it. He wants to give it to us. James 1 verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I love that, that promise. If any of you lacks it, just ask for it. He gives generously to all without finding fault. He does say, though, there's a little qualifier in here in verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So the only thing that you have to do when you ask God for wisdom is believe. Believe that he's going to do it. Believe that, that as you ask and as you approach him and you say, God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom in my job right now. There's, there's just some situations that, that I, I'm believing that you're going, to, you're going to use me to work through them. But I, I need wisdom in how to, to go about this. I need wisdom when I, when I enter into this conversation with this, this employee that I have because this employee is, 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 has been a little sideways and I need, I need wisdom as I approach this. I, I need wisdom as I'm, as I'm ra raising this 11-year-old and this 8-year-old and, man, they could not be more different. <laughs> and I need wisdom because I, I, I want to make sure that, I, that I'm, I'm able to, to understand how, how this one's wired and, and this one's wired and they're different. And so I want to be, be wise about how I, how I approach that. We need wisdom in our life. And God wants to give it to us. And the only qualifier is that we, we believe when we ask for it. Amen. We welcome wisdom. We want wisdom. We, we need wisdom. We, we, we have to be, be wise in this, in this culture and day and age in which we live. So many things that want to want to tempt us. So many things that want to want to throw us off. So many things that that would be considered normal in, in society today that, that that are not even close to normal in the kingdom of God. And so we need wisdom as we as we navigate friendships and relationships of people that that don't see or operate or think or 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 behave like we do. We need wisdom. God's ways are, are not the ways of this world, and 
That's why God provides the wisdom. Today we're, we're replacing these, these, these thoughts, that, these old ways of thinking with a higher way of thinking. Wisdom is that filter that says, hold up, this mind monster that's getting into my psyche, it's leading me down a trail of destruction. I can't afford to think this way. I'm called to a higher level. I need to reject, replace this thought that no one's going to want me, that no one's going to love me, that, that I, don't, I, I, I have to understand that I, I don't have to live with these fears, that these are sometimes irrational fears that, that have established themselves in my mind. I don't have to live with them. Negative info comes in, we're, we're able to just, know that's not it, that's not for me. We replace it because we replace it because God has something to say. It, we, we, we replace it because we're, we're, we're filling our mind with, with faith-filled thoughts. I'm choosing the path of wisdom today. Price is higher, but we're built for higher elevation, and that's where God has called us to live. As we close today, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is, is giving this other story and he's talking about how you can build your life on two different foundations. You can build your life on sand and, and just know that when the storms and the winds of life come, that, that the sand is, is not a great foundation to build your life on. And your house, it's going to just get, it's going to get tossed into the sea. But if you will build your life on solid ground. If you build your life on solid ground, when the winds of life and, and when, when the winds and, and the negative mind monsters that want to come in and, and just blow through your, your, your life, that, that all of a sudden God gives you the wisdom because you're on a firm foundation and your house will stand. He's not talking about a physical house. He's talking about your life. Today we can build our life on that which is solid. I love what we were exhorted in worship that that God, he, he is the firm foundation. He doesn't, he doesn't get shaken. He doesn't get stirred. He is that thing that is solid and constant and firm. And although culture and although the world can swirl and although the world can rage, we can stay steady. We can stay constant. We can stay on a solid, firm foundation. Amen? God desires today for us to build our life on wisdom, to understand that, that these are the things that we need to fill our mind with faith-filled thoughts. The, the thoughts of confidence, the thoughts, of, the thoughts and the beliefs and the realities of Scripture, the promises that we find summed up in the person of Jesus. Amen. Today we recognize, we reject, and ultimately we replace the negative mind monsters that so easily come in. Would you stand with me as we close? With, with the eyes closed and heads bowed, I just want to take just a moment today. Maybe you're here today and you, you, you have yet to build your life on, on that firm foundation, that life of Jesus. And today I'd love to, to just simply open that up, that opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus. And, and maybe you're online and maybe today you, the, the, the word of God, the spirit of God is alive and active, which is the same spirit in this place, in this room today, and the only one that can draw people to himself and so today if you're here and you're saying that's me I need to I need to take that first step of, of putting my life in the hands of of a good father giving myself to to Jesus acknowledging him as Lord and Savior today I'd, I'd love to pray with you and so maybe you're here and you're saying that's me if you've got boldness I'd, I'd encourage you to raise your hand but but ultimately at the, amazing we've already seen a couple hands go up God sees you Today, this is, a, this is a, a decision that you make from, from, from deep within you, deep within your heart, saying yes to Jesus, acknowledging him as Lord and Savior.
today what I'm going to do is I'm going to simply say a prayer and I would encourage you to pray it after me. But maybe you want to pray it in your own way, your own words. Ultimately, when it comes from your heart, God knows and he sees it. But today, if that's you, would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, today's the day. I give you my life, all that I am, all that I hope to be. I place it in your hands. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I'm yours. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Can we put our hands together for those who maybe made that decision for the first time? Maybe you're online. We, we're so excited for you. We encourage you to tell someone. After the service today, just in a few short moments, the Fresh Start wall is going to be open. I would encourage you, if you made that decision today, would you go share it with somebody? Would you go tell somebody at Fresh Start? Let them know you made that decision. We, we've got some resources, but more importantly, we'd love to just, just encourage you and stand with you and, and celebrate with you. It's the most important decision that you can make. But today, the only way that you continue to take steps of, of replacing mind monsters is continue to, to seek out wisdom, continue to fill your mind with the thoughts that God has for you, continue to, to be able to filter, is, is it true, is it noble, is it, is it, is it something that, that God has for me, amen? I pray today as we go back into this next song, God, I just bless each and every person that, that you would help us, God, continue to discern and, and may we have a, just the wisdom of heaven. As we, as we walk from this place, day to day, God, would you download, continue to download the wisdom of heaven, God. I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.